And every time we built up the courage and every time we built up the tenacity to go forward, they ripped us down and they made us start over. And then they act like we were the reason why we act the way we act. Because every time you be hopeful, every time you see daylight, every time you see progress, the rug is ripped up from underneath you or the rules get changed. How can I truly say I want you to be represent, I want to represent you? How can I truly tell you about freedom if I'm scared to be silenced? What's good? What's good? What's good, family? It's your boy, The Wall Street Trapper. Welcome to another episode of Trapping Tuesday. <laughs> Listen, man, every day I get up, I'm grateful. Every day I step foot out the bed, I'm thankful, but I ain't gonna lie, on Tuesday, I got like a different type of pep in my step. You know what I'm saying? I got a different type of energy that I enter the day with. Because I know today, I come talk to my people. Now, I ain't saying I don't talk to my people, you know, on the gram and in the DM, and I ain't saying I talk to my people, you know, at Travels Anonymous, so I was in the Travels in the building. But on Tuesday, on Tuesday, and I get it to sit at the table. We get it to sit at the table together. We get to break bread together. We get to break down the problems. We get to come up with solutions. And we get to understand what makes us better. So on Tuesday, yo, I'm excited. Because we get to make money together. I remember when I used to be with my dog, Pocky, my big bro, my mentor, shout out to my bro from Hood Estates. He used to have this saying that he told me because we used to always go out to eat, right? And, and, and we used to go out to eat. I used to fight him to pay the bill, right? Like I used to fight him to pay the bill. I used to sneak and go to the bathroom and get a, you know, the way to my car. I'm like, hey, I got that. And one day he told me something that was real, real important. And, and it sat on me for a while. He said, trap. A family that eat together can eat together. <sighs> I want you to sit on that for a little bit. A family that eat together can eat together. And that made so much sense to me. So when I, when I come up every Tuesday, man, my goal is to help us eat together so we can eat together. And what I mean by that is, like, when we take this information and we apply it. And then when you sitting at the table with your family and y'all talking about finances, and I know that I inspired that, we eating together. When you at the family reunion with your family and y'all eating together, and because you listen to Trapping Tuesdays, every Tuesday, you say something to the family about money, finance, and investing. Healing financial trauma. We eating together. When your kids come home from school, or when your nieces and nephews come home from school, 
And you ask them, yo, what you did in school today? And then sometime that day or sometime that week, you talk to them about finances. You tell them about investing. You tell them A is for asset. B is for bank. C is for credit. D is for debt. E is for equity. We eating together. See, I'm going to be real with y'all, man. This week, I kind of, I went through something. Something emotional, something mental. But it wasn't a bad thing, y'all. Like, I'm going to keep it real. Like, it wasn't a bad thing. I sat back and I thought about something. I thought about the importance of Trapping Tuesday. I thought about the importance of the baking soda with my logo on it. I thought about the importance or the triple beam. I thought about the importance of Wall Street looks like us now. Symbolically, what does that mean? See, how can we truly push the culture and the community forward? How can we truly do that without being our authentic selves? So here's something like, I know like this may not, what I'm about to say may not be uh, popular on the charts. What I say right now may not make me the most likable or the most, you know, adorable or the most uh, looked up to. But I'm going to just keep it real with y'all, man. I never was that anyway. When I speak my message and when I talk my message. I'm going to keep it real, y'all. Man, my message for black people. My message for brown people. My message is for the disenfranchised. My message is for the poor. And I'm going to keep it real. Like when other races and people come join me and, and rock with us, I'm cool with that. But my message for us. And let me tell you why. Because a lot of other shows, a lot of podcasts, a lot of uh, 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 audios, a lot of productions, we got to skate around the fact that you ain't specifically talking to black people. You got to skate around that. Oh, this message is for everybody. But what I've learned in America is other races and ethnic groups are proud to say, yo, we don't serve you. This ain't for you. This for us. They okay with that. But yet, every time we get pro-us, every time we get pro-us, it's a problem. It's a you're no better than this. But just because I'm pro-this don't mean I'm anti-that. Just because I'm pro this don't mean I don't like that. It's just me. I really, really, really want to see us win. And every time I look at the leaders and every time I look at the people who came before us and they solely stuck to I want us to win. It's always a problem. 
Like, I'm going to take us back for a second, right? Like, so when you listen to Trap and Tuzio, yes, I talk about stocks. Yes, I talk about finances. But I talk about the culture. I talk about the community. I talk about the premeditated financial genocide of my people. So that ain't going to be the most popularized. But I know I stand on this. And so when I said this is the Wall Street looks like us now network, I was dedicated to saying, yes, black, yes, brown, yes, poor and disenfranchised. Yes, this is for us. This, this is who we need to see come to the top. We need a message that's dedicated to us. Because here's why, y'all. When I look at the ratings and the rankings, you know what I see? I see us sprinkled in there somewhere. When I went on Wall Street, you know what I saw? Three black men. That's what I saw. Maybe one, uh, one Hispanic uh, 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 or Latino. That means we not strong when it comes to speaking and putting financial knowledge out there. And that has to change because we know we smart enough. But what happens is every time we get a message... It got to be watered down. So I, I, I think about one of my favorite black men of all time, El Hajmali Shabazz. You know him as Malcolm X. There's a scene in the movie when Malcolm is walking up the stairs and his white woman comes to Malcolm. She says, how can I help your cause? And Malcolm said, you can't. So you can't. And some people ain't take that right. Some people thought Malcolm was tripping. But I don't think he was tripping. I think what he was saying was, before you can help my cause, I got to help it. Before I let you get in and help us do what we got to do, we need us to get in and do what we got to do. The minute Martin Luther King stopped trying to get us to integrate. The minute he starts saying, spend your money, go look at the last speech he did. The day before he got killed, he went to saying, yo, spend your money with black people. Build a black business. The minute he started, I walk my people into the burning house. It's time for us to get out. The minute he switched that talk, it's the minute he got assassinated. That's so much power when the poor unite. The powers that be understand that. That's why they keep us divided. That's why they keep us fighting. That's why the wealth track is so important because we get to talk about lyrics that helped us become wealthy that we skipped over. Think about Instagram. Think about social media. What goes viral the most? What goes viral the most? Black people fight amongst one another. Black people getting messed up by the police. Mess, drama, the juicy, the toxicity. Mona Scott Young, love of hip hop, painted a whole narrative around the black people in America. That all ladies do is fight and call each other B's and H's, throw drinks on each other, knock over table. We can't act quite a civilization. All black men do is cheat and have disagreement. Like that ain't the nature and the narrative of the black man and the black woman. But yet that is the picture that's been painted. 
And sometimes when we see the picture so much, guess what we do? We agree with the goddamn picture. If I put something in your face so much, what you start doing is identifying with it. What you start doing is say, well, maybe that is me. How many, I mean, how many times have you been talking to somebody in your life and you know they lying, but they keep saying a lie and you start questioning yourself like, wait, did that really happen? Am I tripping? Like, I was right there with you, and I remember that, but every time they tell a story, you'll be like, damn, I remember that. And they'll be like, man, you remember that? You'll be like, mm. And then they say it so much, you'll be like, wait, did I, did I, did I, you know they ain't lying, but you start questioning yourself like, did I not miss that? That's what happens when you keep painting the picture repetitive, and you keep telling the person the same thing repetitive, 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 you become the lie. So I'm going to be real with y'all. When you see the Wall Street looks like us not network, it's important for me, and I'm going to just keep it 100 with you. It's important for me that you don't see iHeartMedia on them. I'm going to keep it 100. It's important for me that you don't see no other media company on mine but the Wall Street looks like us not network. It's important that you see that. It's important. Before I get any further, I want you to do me a favor, man. Like this, subscribe to this, and share this. And when you get off this, I want you to do me another favor. I want you to go to Apple Podcasts. I want you to go to Spotify, and I want you to download it. I want you to give me a good rate, and I want you to share that with somebody. You know why? Because that's what helped me get to the number one spot. Because when I look at Dave Ramsey at the number one spot, and he dropped another show, and that became the number one and number two spot, I ain't seen nothing else on there but the Dave Ramsey Network. That's all I saw. That's all I saw. I ain't see iHeartMedia. I ain't see this media. I saw the Dave Ramsey Network. And as I go through the charts, all I see is the Dave Ramsey Network. He dominating. So I need us to be bold enough. I need us to be audacious enough to go after this. Because what I represent, I represent us. And I'm going to stand in the paint. And I'm going to build it from scratch. And the only people I'm going to ask to help me is the trappers. The only people I'm going to say, yo, we got to get to that number one spot is the trappers. Because y'all my support system. And so I make sure we come every week and give y'all grade A performance, grade A production, grade A graphics. Because I know what I'm competing with. The mission has to be deliberate. And so I think back sometime, man, and I just did a little research and I did a little homework. And I noticed that between 1949 and 1973, the U.S. government bulldozed 2,500 neighborhoods 
923 American cities through urban America got destroyed through what's called the Urban Renewal and Freeway Program. One million people were displaced by that program. This is when they tore black communities down and, and put freeways in interstates and hotels. And they decimated us and they made us start over. And every time we built up the courage and every time we built up the tenacity to go forward, they ripped us down and they made us start over. And then they act like we were the reason why we act the way we act. Because every time you be hopeful, every time you see daylight, every time you see progress, the rug is ripped up from underneath you or the rules get changed. How can I truly say I want you to be represent, I want to represent you? How can I truly tell you about freedom if I'm scared to be silenced? If I'm scared for you to take my page down? How can I truly represent freedom when you got my network hanging like this on your platform? The minute you take your, my, your platform from me, I'm back where I started. That ain't real freedom. So how can I create a network that's mine? Yep, I'm on YouTube right now. Yep, I'm on Instagram and all the other platforms right now. But the ultimate goal is to get you on my own. The ultimate goal is to be super independent. That's the goal, y'all. That's what I'm doing this for. Because you're looking at somebody who was wrote off as a statistic. You're looking at somebody who was supposed to be back in prison or dead. You're not looking at somebody who, who's inspired to have his own network. You're not looking at somebody who's inspired to empower people financially. You're not looking at somebody who wants to help people build generational wealth while I build my own generational wealth. You're not looking at, you're looking at somebody who is not supposed to be prosperous and seek prosperity and then want other people to be prosperous along with him. You're not, you're looking at that person. But also I'm talking to that person. I'm talking to you. The one who wake up every day with a goal and a mission and a dream. And even though it get hard, you push through. I'm talking to you, the one who won't quit, the one who think that building wealth is hard because every time you get on social media, you saw somebody take a trip, you saw somebody buy a new bag, you saw somebody buy a new car, you saw somebody buy a new house. I'm talking to you. I represent you. My partner just called me. 25 years I've been rocking with him. We met when I was 17. He was 17. His name Willie Nash. I was on attempt murder on robbery. He was on attempt murder on robbery. When I met him, he was strung out on dope. He came to jail. He had been running the streets. He slept for three days. I gave him his food every day. He'd been in jail since 2000. His mama just passed away. He got a year left. He got a year left. I've been jostling him since I come home in 2007, sending him money, answering the call, putting money on my thing. I've been jostling him. I watched this one of his sisters pass away. I sent them money for that. And what did I see? When I called him, he said, bro, my mom passed away, bro. I only had a year left, bro, that hurt me. 
I said, hey, bro, when you come home, I got you. I don't know what that feel like, but I know one thing, bro. I got you. But I know what it's like to be in that place and you feel helpless. I know what it's like to be in that place and feel like nobody ain't got you. I know what it's like to come home and nobody don't got nothing for you. My guy, I got you. So to my brother who I talked to today, I got you. It's on air. It's on my show. It's on my audio. I got you, bro. I promise that. I promise that. So look, man, as we open up, man, listen, woo, how y'all feel? Hey, if you fired up like I'm fired up, I'm ready. I'm ready. And if you don't like it, this just ain't for you. I'm going to be real with you. This ain't for everybody. <laughs> it's your boy, the Wall Street Chopper, man. It's your boy, the Wall Street Chopper, man. We're going through some real tough times in America. We're going through some real tough times in the States. We're going through some real tough times in our personal lives, yo. But here... Today, right now, each and every Tuesday, man, this is going to be the relief. I want to tell everybody, welcome home, baby. Welcome home. Come get a seat at the table. Come break bread, because I'm going to break bread with you. It's your boy, the Wall Street Chapel, man. Let's go, man. Our first segment is called Word on the Streets, man, but I'm going to keep it real. This week, we're going to do something a little different. Man, y'all know the market's down. Y'all know what time we in right now. So I'm going to do something a little different. I want to bring something around to you a little different. I want to open up some new gates and some new avenues, some new pivots, because I want to show you how to navigate through these markets. I want to show you what it takes to get through it, man. So this week, we're going to go a little deep on word from the street, man. How y'all feeling, man? Remember, man, like, subscribe, right? Tell somebody to tell somebody they need to be here, man. Let's go, man. Word on the street, man. This is what we're doing, man. Listen, here's what I want you to understand, man. There's power in the recession. There's a power in it, right? Because what recessions do, man, outside of all the political things and outside, what do recessions do? Here's the power of it, man. They drive asset prices down. They drive asset prices down. There's power in that. There's power in being able to buy a business that's producing cash flow. There's power in being able to buy a business that pay dividends. There's power in being able to buy a hotel. There's power in being able to buy real estate. There's power in being able to buy companies at a discount price. And I ain't just talking stocks. I'm talking businesses. I'm talking about assets. There's power in being able to buy them at a discount. So what do recessions do? They drive asset prices down. They drive long-term growth opportunities after. Trap, what do you mean by that? Okay, after the recession is over, what happens when the recession is over? Now we have a long run. That's expansion. That's the expansion cycle. After the recession, here's economics, y'all. Here's economics, y'all. After the recession is over, the world goes into this long bull run, this expansion cycle, more jobs, asset prices go rising up, houses go up, everything get in the, in the rotation of what it's supposed to do. Once you understand the business cycles, wait up, next week I'm dropping the business cycles. <laughs> All right. So after we drive long term growth opportunities, the next thing I want you to understand is this. During recessions, jobs don't make you the most money. Skill sets do. During recessions, jobs don't make you the most money. Let me walk up close to you. Let me walk up close to you. Let me walk up close to you. During recessions, jobs don't make you the most money. Skill sets do. Ooh! 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 
So what I'm saying is don't quit your job. I'm saying you need to learn the skill set because the skill set is going to make you the, everything is in high demand during a recession. Think about it. Somebody like Eric Thomas during a recession, he can make the most money he ever made. Why? Because people need to be motivated. People need to be inspired. Think about it. During recessions, somebody that can teach somebody how to do something outside of their job is going to make the most money. Why? Because people are looking for other incomes outside of their job. That is the one thing we know that the pandemic taught us. The pandemic taught you one thing and one thing for sure. If it didn't, it taught you there's no such thing as job security. All right. So skill sets offer more opportunities than jobs. <laughs> Let me do it one time, one time. You hear me? So let's move forward, man. Let's dig, let's dig, right? So here's the mindset that you have to have to win in a recession. The first thing you must realize is you have to see value while other people only see price. You got to see value. You got to understand what something is worth and what is the value of it while everybody looking at price. The price going down. The price going up. The price doing this. The price doing that. That's too high. That's too cheap. You got to understand the value of it. See, I'm, t- see, I'm, like, I'm taking you to another level today. This episode eight, y'all. <laughs> we going up because I want you to win. This is an opportunity. I'm going to keep it 100% with y'all, real talk. Like you only get like two of these opportunities every 20 years. Like even in like the 2008 opportunity we had and this one. Like the little ones in between, it wasn't like this. We talking about ones where assets went down 35, 40%. We talking about markets crashing. We talking about real estate crashing. We talking about oil price. We talking about business. We talking about banks. We talking about opportunities. You only get like two of them every 20-something years, y'all. We missed 08. We missed 08. But we're not going to miss 2021, 2022, and 2023. Here's the mindset you got to have. You got to have the mindset that sees value when others sees prices. All right, let's go a little deeper here. Let's go a little deeper here. Let's go a little deeper here. You have to see the information and the data for what it is and not what the headline's saying. Headlines are meant to drive you one way or another. Headlines are meant to drive you one way or another. Data and information tell us the facts. Ooh! And we cooking different tonight. I know y'all want to be all calm and chill, but I'm big energy, man. Y'all know that. Right? Let's go. You have to see opportunity where others see opposition and disaster. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Does that make sense? So people are looking at the recession. uh, Let's make it make sense. People are looking at the recession and getting scared. I don't know what to do, trap. Tell me what to do, trap. What do I need to buy, trap? I'm taking my money out of the market, trap. Do I take my money out of the bank, trap? What do I do with my 401k, trap? Do I sell the house, trap? Should I buy a house, trap? I need to learn something, trap. When the true thing is, where's the opportunity in this all? See, we looking at this, we looking at 
the environment for what it is right now. But long-term wealth is built over time. What is going on right now, how does it affect the future? How do we transition into what's coming? Where's the opportunity at? Okay, let me go into my next step. Let me go into my next step, right? You got to think long-term and not short. No family, no company was built overnight. No wealth was generated overnight. And nothing that was sustainable happened fast. You got to stop looking at your right now saying this is what you got to be like, yo, the decisions that I've made, the decisions that I've made over the last five years of my life compounded to where I am right now. Like the first thing we got to do is be truthful. Like you ain't get here because you made a bad decision yesterday. You got here because the decision you've made two years, five years, six years up until now have compounded. And this is the interest of your decisions. Oh. No one's whispering about the R word anymore. Now they just come right out and say it. Ask you a question. Are you in a personal recession? Like before the headline said it. Were you already in a personal recession? Was the inflation on what you were doing already high? Was your money getting eaten away about nonsense and BS before the news even said it? Ooh, we talking deep right now. Because it's easy for us to blame. We're in a recession. I ain't got no money. Everybody spend their money different. So what is the long term and not the short term? All right, let's go a little further, right? Let's go a little further. You have to follow a game plan and not the crowd. Okay. That's deep death trap. That's deep death trap. That's deep death trap. You have to follow a game plan. So in order to come up with a game plan, you got to realize who are you? Who are you as an investor? What are your goals? What are your values? Where are your weaknesses at? What am I disciplined in? What am I undisciplined in? Where do I need help at? Where am I strong at? You formulate a game plan. How do you formulate a game plan? Okay, well, we put these things in order. The reason why you following the crowd is because you don't have a game plan. And when the crowd gets slaughtered, you get slaughtered, and now that trauma keeps you from building wealth. I can't a day on a different type of vibe. I can't a day on a different type of vibe. I ain't taking no prisoners. I ain't take, because what happens is, man, I need us to be accountable. I need us to leave tonight's show and be like, you know what? I know what I got to do. I know what I need to learn. The greatest asset that you can have is understanding what you don't know and going to work on that. Because what you don't know may be the key to unlock where you got to go. I don't know how to invest. Let me learn how to invest because that's going to unlock somewhere else. I don't know how to trade. I don't know how to buy real estate. I don't know how to leverage credit. Okay, let me learn that so I can unlock the key to go somewhere else. This is how you build wealth during a recession. Woo! I need you to say me trapping. I need you to say we trapping right now. I need you to say we trapping. Salute. I see you, fam. 
I see you. I see you. I see you. Mm. Let's go, baby. Let's go, man. How we feeling, y'all? How we feeling? How we feeling? All right, man. <laughs> Houston, we have a problem. Houston, we have a problem. Here's why we have a problem. Now, last week, we talked about the dollar index. And we talked about the U.S. currency, the euro. The euro. We talked about the Swiss. And we talked about all these, in these currencies in that foreign exchange that sits inside of the dollar index. Now, here's what happened this week. Well, this happened last week. Japan sold some U.S. dollars to buy the yen. Okay, so how did they, how did they sell U.S. dollars, Trap? Well, Japan sold some U.S. currencies that they had. They sold those. When they sold those, bond yields went up. Because it happened all at once. Bond yields went up. I'm going to keep it real, y'all. When bond yields go up, when bond yields get high, this doesn't really too good, too good for tech stocks. We've seen techs get punished. You know, my low is that the S&P will go to 3,200. Which means in my mind, I'm thinking we're going to wipe away all the pandemic gains. We're going to rebalance the triple beam. <laughs> but we're going to do what? I'm getting a hang of it like I'm sitting, like I'm like, like I'm getting it. I'm getting it. It is. But in my mind, I think, because here's what happened. When I made this call, when I said it, and I'm not saying I'm right, I'm just basing this off the information that I see. I'm basing it off of what I see from um, information, from rhythm, from data. I'm seeing with the Fed tightening, like the only way we're gonna get down to two. 2% to 2.5% inflation is as he keep on tightening. He keep on tightening that thing up. Uh, uh, uh. He gonna keep grinding. I listened to that report last week. That man said pain nine times in 30 minutes. It's gonna be painful. It's gonna be painful. We're gonna use the tools we have. It's painful. We're gonna inflict some pain. It's gonna be painful for people. The man said the word pain and he left the mark and no, he not playing. I'm pain. And see, that hurt the market. So like, what happened with Wall Street is they think they can just like bully you. Like they think they can bully Jerome. Jerome like, yo, I'm tired of y'all playing with me. I'm tired of y'all playing with me. I'm tired of y'all thinking I'm a pushover. Crank. Crank. Sell bonds. Crank. Interest rates up. And he getting off bonds. Sell it. Getting off bonds. It crank. And the market ain't used to that. The market ain't used to that. The market's screaming right now. The market is screaming right now. Stop! Stop! Jerome like, nope. This thing coming down. This thing coming, I ain't stopping to get down to 2%. Now let me tell you how this works now. The interest rates, the rate hikes that he's using, the crazy part is we won't see them in full effect until eight months to a year. So if he keep cranking, he's going to be ahead of it so much, by the time he stops, he's going to have to catch up. And now he's going to have to put some more in the market. But that's how he's letting them know, I'm not playing. I'm getting this thing down. 
Now, the bad part about that is this. Here's what I'm telling you about the last thing we talked about is the people at the top ain't going to worry about it. They're not going to feel it because they're going to still spend money how they spend money. They're going to still buy what they want to buy. All right? Somebody was on CNBC the other day looking at a $20 billion condo in New York. I mean, $20 million condo in New York. Highest condo out there. $20 million sitting on top of the thing up there. $20 million. Condo in New York. 134. The rich and the wealthy still go. They not feeling this. But who feeling it? Me and you. And I keep telling y'all, if you made a million dollars, you ain't generational. So what if you made a million dollars? I'm a seven-figure earner. So what? Shut up. Shut up. That's just taking care of you. You ain't generational. You made your money in a pandemic. Shut up. You knew money. Where you gonna be at after that? Are you putting your family in position right now? Are you doing that? The million seven figures. Shut up. Nobody cares. Are, you, are your family going to reap that? Or are you going to die with a bunch of Fendi Louis Vuitton? Or are you going to die with a bunch of chains? Or are you going to have to sell them chains because your business ain't doing good? What you doing? What you doing with your daughter? What you doing with your son? What you doing with your cousins? What you doing with your mama? What you doing? A lot of people hit the lottery. 85% of them broke. Dudes go to NFL, dudes be boxing, dudes rappers, 80% of them go broke. The real way to wealth is saying, can you do it long term? Can you do it year in and year out? Can you do it year in and year out? Can you go through economic crises? Can you go through downturns? Can you go through recessions? Can you go through that and come out and be wealthy on the other side? Can you still hold strong? That's what's impressive. Kev, you made a million dollars. Shut up. I'm in my bag tonight, man. I've been working out too, y'all. You see that? <laughs> the Wall Street look like us now starting to sit up a little bit. You hear me? <laughs> Ooh, look at that. <laughs> All right, man. Chill, chill, chill. Chill, 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 chill. All right, so listen, man, but here's why we really got a problem, because now we have three parties selling bonds. You got the Fed selling bonds, you got China selling bonds, and now you got the Bank of Japan selling bonds. Everybody's selling bonds. New money, America got to pay up. People want to, if I sell a bond, I mean you got to pay up. And I'm, I want, okay, you got to understand this, y'all. The Federal Reserve and the United States government is two different entities. Oh, you ain't know that. The Federal Reserve and the United States government is two completely different entities. There's a family of people that make money, dividends of lending money to America. So everything, every profit that a Federal Reserve makes, there's a family of people that make money off that. Oh. Oh, we talking different. Now, see, they don't got nothing to do with America. There's a group of people that came together and told America, hey, listen, y'all make the law, let us deal with the money. Some bankers. Go read the Jekyll, uh, the creature of Jekyll Island. Go read that book. 
the creature of Jekyll Island. And when you read it, tag me on my Instagram and I'm going to repost it. There's a group of banks that came together and said, hey, check this out. Y'all deal with the law and all that. Let us deal with the money. This is what we do. Two separate entities. Two separate entities. And so now they're selling bonds. Hey, we getting off all this access money. Give me my money. Give me my money. Give me what I need. So Houston, we have a problem. Because now that money getting tight. It's getting tighter with increasing rates. The money getting tighter. This is why I'm telling you, are you in a recession before they even said it? Were your interest rates high? Was inflation eating away at your money because you were doing BS with it before the people on the news even said it? Was the recession on the news and the inflation on the news just a scapegoat for you already? You talking deep, man. Let's go, man. <laughs> How we feeling, right? So one of the things I want to talk about, because here's something you're going to always see. You're going to hear this word, strong, strong dollar, weak dollar. The dollar is strong. Now, I'm about real. Right now, that dollar is strong. Right now, that dollar is whooping butt. You hear me? That thing is whooping butt. Right? It's strong. So the meaning of a weak dollar is like when other, so when other foreign countries, mostly the euro, right, when they dollar compares to the U.S. dollar, it's weak. So what do I mean? Let's say the dollar was one for one. One for one, it was good. Right? One for one, I mean, if I went to Europe and got $100, it's good in America for $100. Right? It's one for one. But if the American dollar is 20% stronger than Europe, then $100 in Europe, you would need to give me $120 for U.S. You feel me? You feel me? Because the U.S. dollar is 20% stronger. So now the U.S. dollar is strong. And so that's putting pressure on other companies, especially companies that's importing and exporting because now imports become more expensive. To get that thing in, it costs a little bit more. This is a luxury tax. Costs a little bit more. A weak dollar's roll in the U.S. So let's, again, if you're traveling, so if the dollar is weak and you're traveling to all these countries, they don't want to take the U.S. dollar. It's weak. It's weaker than their currency. I don't want to take that. That ain't worth nothing. But now when you travel because that dollar's so strong, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. That thing is strong, but it put pressure on other countries because now their currency isn't worth as much. So we're just talking basic economics right here, y'all. So the strong dollar now is when now the other countries now have to pay more for U.S. goods. See, this world is ran by this import and export. And that's why I want you to understand something. I want you to understand like what the country, like you, the United States is driven by consumerism. We keep saying this. It is driven by consumerism. China is driven by manufacturing, agriculture, Canada, oil. We got to understand what each country is good for. What is it known for? Because once you understand that, that's where they power at. Let's go, man. We traveling tonight. Hey, I hope you got your pen in your bed tonight. You feel me? First of all, I want you to do something for me, man. Like and subscribe and share 
like it, subscribe to it, share it, leave a comment. That's how we get, that's how we get traction. Listen, I'm telling you, at some point, I'm not going to be on these people's platforms. You'll be coming straight to my app, straight to my network, watching me. Just give me some time to figure it out, right? Also, Thursdays, 5 o'clock, man, understand Thursdays, 5 o'clock um, p.m. Eastern time, the audio drops. Make sure you check that out, man, right? Like that, listen to it, download it, and share. Yep, I'm going to tell y'all. I'm going to tell y'all because that's how we're going to get. I want y'all to think about something right quick. Right? Think about something right quick. Think about something. The Wall Street Trapper. The network is the Wall Street Looks Like Us Now Network. Just imagine how that looks as the number one audio show. Talking about investing and finance. What a punch in the gut to America that is. A black man who's been in prison, who's from the ghettos of America. Mama was on drugs, mama used drugs, mama was amazing. No father, been to prison, dropped out of school. And I'm teaching finances? I'm teaching investing? And we got the number one show? <laughs> Oh, damn, ain't gonna like that. <laughs> hey, me and my cousin usually do this. Serious time! Serious <laughs> <Cereal> time! <laughs> hey, I love it, man. And we're gonna just chip at it every day. We're gonna chip at it every day. So do me a favor, man, every Thursday. Man, right now, matter of fact, right now, when you get off this, Right, go download it. Go download the other episode that you ain't listened to. Go like it. Go leave a review. And then tell one person that you know, hey, this is my boy Trap, man. Check him out. He the real deal. You know what I'm talking about? Like he gonna talk that talk the way we need to hear that talk to us. You hear me? Bad. So as we move forward, man, listen, the Fed, three things that the Fed do for us, man. The Fed gonna increase rates. Like this is what they're doing right now. They're gonna increase rates. They're going to tell us why they did it. This is why we're increasing rates, because inflation has to be driven down. And the only way we can drive inflation down right now is by doing this. And then they're going to tell us what they plan to do in the future. Now, here's what I want to say. Here's what I want to say about this, and I'm not going to lie. Yes, rate inflation, increasing rates is punishing it's punishing us. But I kind of, you know, I can say what I want to say. But I'm not mad at Jerome for what he's he doing right now. Here's why. The market truly should have crashed in 2020. It should have crashed. Right? Now, it's just, again, this is just my perspective. It's my outlook on it. The market should have crashed in 2020, but that lasted like a month. Right? Jerome stepped in, boom, they start flooding the world with money. Now, here's the thing about that. Imagine a world with COVID and a recession. 
I want you to take a mission to imagine that world. Right? Like we don't even, like we don't know how this pandemic, we don't know how this, this virus is doing. We don't want to touch nobody. We don't want to hug nobody. We don't want to cough. We don't want to sneeze. We seeing people die. God bless their soul. We seen people die by the hundreds and the thousand. And everything we see on the news is dead body, dead body, dead body, dead body. Every time we get a phone call, somebody died, somebody died. The world is in panic. Now imagine on top of that, imagine on top of that, we're dealing with what we're dealing with right now. Imagine on top of that, people ain't got no jobs, right? Imagine on top of that, people, you know, money, gas through the roof. Imagine on top of that, rent price. Imagine if they don't flood us with all that money. Imagine going through COVID and that without the fake money. Anarchy at its finest. Anarchy at its finest. You know why you know it's anarchy at its finest? Because instead of seeing crime go crazy, you saw the Louis Vuitton stores go crazy. You saw the malls go crazy. You saw the gold chain. People were just spending money. It was free money. But it took people's mind of what was going on. Listen, I'm going to just keep it real with you. Like, yes, sometimes you got to distract people from what's really going on, bro. Like, you got to understand the business of America. Now, again, I know people ain't going to like, man, trap, you tripping. But just imagine going through COVID 2020 when we locked down and you ain't got no money. Imagine going through that. Ain't no remote working. Imagine, yo, that would have been painful. So he did what he had to do. I'm not mad at him for that. I could be wrong. Y'all going to eat me up. People going to talk, man, you trapped. You know what you're talking about. I'm just speaking from it from somebody who's poor. I ain't speaking to me from an analytical. I ain't speaking that from an economic point of view. I'm speaking that from a poor people point of view, from a lower class citizen point of view. Imagine going through that and not having no money all at one time. That's scary. So, Jerome hiking. Jerome gonna keep hiking. And we gotta thug our way through it, man. The Fed supposed to do three things right now, man. They're gonna increase rates. They're going to tell us why they did it, and they're going to tell us what they plan to do about it moving forward. And every time this man talk, and y'all know what I said last time. Last time, what did I say? The market going to be green, but as soon as Jerome talk, it's going to get real red. And since then, we've been going down. When I said we're going to be at 4,000, I said, yo, I see 32 happening. We down 400, 400 points since then. It is what it is, man. Let's go, man. <laughs> let's go, family, right? So let's look at the rate heights we've done right here. So in March 17, gave 25 points. Made a fifth. 50. June 16, 75. July, 75. September, 75. I think he'll give us 75 again. I think he'll give us 50. Depending on our report, I think he'll give us 50 in December. He'll come back and give us 50 early 2023. And then from there, he's going to see what we got to do. This ain't about to stop no time soon. And as long as he's doing this, the market's going to do this. 
Because even though it's supposed to be baked in, people moving with what? Emotion. Jerome ain't playing. He's like, bro, this is what we doing. And so my, my advice is to find great companies that you like, get evaluation on them, scale into them, man. Scale into them, man. Oh, right quick, man, let me let y'all know something, man. Listen, because I understand what's going on right now, I am hosting a free webinar, a free webinar called YFOO. Listen, the first time I did this, it was for four days, and we had 65,000 registrants. Nobody in the field has ever done that before, man. Shout out to the travel for showing up. And we were, we, man, we put in a lot of game. But this time we're going to do it for 90 minutes. It's free. It's just going to cost you some time, which is your most expensive asset. It's going to cost you some attention because I need your attention. It's going to cost you willing to, willing to just sit down and do the work. All right, so for 90 minutes, man, we tapping in. Make sure you ah, click the link, man. Join at October 6th, 8 o'clock Eastern time. Wired for wealth, y'all. We're going to switch the program, right? What we're going to do is we're going to show you um, I'm, not we, I'm going to break down to you like why recessions are the time to make money, um, what to look for in businesses, uh, how to actually beat the market. And I'm going to actually show you the portfolio I built during the recession. And right now it's up 16%. The market is down 18%. Right, so I'm going to show you that. So definitely come check that out. Join that trapping in a recession, man. Listen, here's what I'm trying to understand right now, man. The U.S. banks have $6 trillion to lend. But companies or people aren't buying or losing that money. Why? Because interest rates are too high. But during that same season, here's the kicker to this, right? During the same season, $50 billion alone have been made off overdraft fees. Off overdraft? So you're not able to loan the money out, right? But you still like bet overdraft fees still in full effect. And who does that impact? It impacts the financially vulnerable. And when asked, who would be willing to cut their fees during this time? The only bank that stood up was Citibank and Bank of America. Everybody else was like, shit, shit, they're going to pay these fees. That shows you the nature of the beast. Unemployment is at 3.7%. 6 million people are unemployed. 1.4 million claims. I'm going to keep it 100 with y'all. If that unemployment gets to its 12-month average, which is 4%, which is back to the January lows, it's another high indicator we are in a deep recession. Is that 3.7% right now? Unemployment. 3.7%. 6 million people don't have jobs. 1.4 million claims. So when we look at the January lows, what was it at in January? 4.4%. If we get back to that, we back at a 12 month because last year in January we was at 4%. That means we done decreased back to that. That means we don't wipe away all the games when we back out here. Deep recession, y'all. Like this thing could get bad. But that don't mean we can't survive it. That don't mean we can't overcome it. We can't let what we hear in the news and what we hear in the media dictate our mindset. Make me, oh, it's in a recession. So now you start moving around the world like I don't know what it is. It's a recession. The gas prices. The house. Nah, it's a recession. Bet I'm how to get this money. 
Bet. I'm about to, all right, I ain't spending money on a bull coin no more. I'm about to buy these assets that's going on sale. I'm about to go learn how to invest in the stock market. I'm about to learn how to trade. I'm about to learn how to buy real estate. I'm about to learn how to do trucking. I'm about to learn how to start a business. I'm about to learn how to become wealthy in the recession. It's cool, man. Let's give it up, man. Here's what I want you to understand. During the same time, Amazon cut 396 jobs. Then they just cut another 480. VFC Corp, the same people that make Timberland's Dickies, they cut 600 jobs. Disney cut 200 jobs. Ford cut 13,500 jobs. Robinhood cut 700 jobs. And the list goes on and on and on and on. People are cutting jobs. Remember what I told you before this happened? I said, you know when it's getting real? When people start cutting jobs like now they're going west. Because what do companies do to preserve capital? So let's, let's paint the picture. Let's paint the picture. Let's paint the picture here. Right? People holding on to money because things are getting more expensive. People don't have what's called disposable money right now. Right? The majority of people money because of the rates, because of everything, people money going to food, gas, shelter. The main three things people money going to. No more disposable money. How do we know that? Well, Walmart said it. Target said it. Amazon said it. The retail people told us people don't have the disposable money. Why? Because we see toilet paper going and we see soap going, but we don't see the funny little concoction we made that people do in their leisure time when they waste money. The Snickers ain't selling like they used to. The Frito-Lays ain't selling like, the Pringles ain't selling like they used to. The chip and the dip ain't selling like, the honey buns ain't selling like they used to. Right? The thin cut turkey from the premium meat ain't selling like it used to. They're getting the package bologna. The sunbeam bread, the bunny bread ain't selling like it used to. I need the generic brand. The bluebell ice cream ain't selling like it used to. You need no ice cream right now. You feel me? It ain't cereal time. You can think they say cereal. You don't get lucky charm, you get lucky snacks. You ain't getting frosted flakes, you get flakes. How do we know that? Because the retailers is telling us, yo, Walmart, Target, they Kroger, public. All these public companies that's missing earnings, they tell us the same thing. The disposable money ain't there. People not going to the bakery getting the pound cakes no more. People ain't getting the, give me the fresh donuts, give me the fresh. No, oh, man. People in the bakery just sitting there on the counter. Hey, what's up? Y'all gonna buy something? Nah, we good, man. I'm right, good. I'm good. I don't want it. People ain't going to the store no more. Right? Just snatching and grabbing. People got lists now. Mm-mm, that ain't on my list. And then when they get to the register, they say, uh-uh, take that out the bag. I don't want that. I don't want that. I don't want that. And they leave. Now, the, people, the person on the cash register got eight different things on the side that they, they got to call somebody to come get down want these. This is what's going on in the stores. It's not a game. But what did I say? I said, you're going to see stores laying people off, stores going out of business, Acquisitions gonna happen. Companies gonna start cutting dividends. Companies gonna start lowering guidance. And what are we seeing? 
This ain't a crystal ball. That's a triple beam. It's not a crystal ball. It's a triple beam. Just put it on a scale and wear it. Boop. Let's move on, man. <laughs> How we feeling, man? How we feeling, man? Listen, I thought we were going to do something a little different today. We're going to do something a little bit different today. Just a little bit different. So second man, the average fall in a recession is 31%. That's the average fall. As of the day, we at 26%. That means we got about five more percent left to go, man. That's just to be average. But remember, every situation is different. Every economic situation is different. So because every situation is different, it can go deeper and deeper. Jerome's saying he not stopping until that thing get down to 2%, which means we may go into that up until 2024, y'all. I'm just being real with you. The average recession lasts about 18 months, anywhere between 9 to 18 months. Grab a snicker, man. We're going to be here for a while. Move on, man. Let's go. <laughs> Listen, I know y'all heard me say this, man, but like I'm really not playing. Apple is truly holding the market up. They're still the biggest company on the market by market cap, right? But I'm going to be real with you. So remember, I I talked about this a while back. It's called a rollover correction. So a rollover correction is when the big companies are doing good, but then the small companies, so so the big, like the Apples, the Microsoft, the Googles, the Amazons, right? When they holding up, but then the other companies underneath them are are going through corrections, right? But now what happens is the Amazons, the, the Microsofts, the, Am- the, the Google, they too is falling. They too down, right? So now the only person fighting is Apple. Side step, <laughs> side step. You gotta, be, you gotta be from the world about that, side step. You gotta be from the, uh, uh, side step, boy. Ooh, ooh, <laughs> What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? Ooh! <laughs> well, I remember I fight that boy Sasha. He bang! That boy, ooh, that boy hit me with something serious. I just know a knock came out of nowhere. I was mad. I was mad at that boy. I fought that boy to the death. That boy, <laughs> boy I got a knock, boy. I'm not stopping until I see a knock on you. You know what I mean? <laughs> But check this out, man. Apple is truly holding the market up right now. They are fighting, right? And I'm going to just keep it 100% real with you. And you can, you can hear me. I'm saying this. Apple goes to 130. Apple goes under 130. We got an issue. Because now the one leg. So think about this. Think about having a table, right? Think about a table. And then think about every leg on the table is weak. And you got one thing holding the table up. And that one leg. Mm, even though Apple down right now, even though Apple down right now, because it's the biggest, it's the biggest company per on the market cap that's up, that's on the market. When big investors start getting out of Apple, when they start losing confidence in Apple, that's pressure. When they start losing confidence in Apple, when they start saying, "Yo, I, uh, I'm getting, I'm getting on the sideline," that's when we got a problem. Now, we got a problem already, but you'll see a real collapse when you see them get up out of Apple. 
Let's go, man. <laughs> we chatting right here, right? So here's what I do want you to understand, right? Here's what companies are doing, right? So a lot of companies right now are like the because yields are so high. So now we giving you game, right? Because yields are so high, a lot of companies are falling back into the bond market. Right. And so what happens? You got companies like Apple getting four point three one percent on their bonds. Right. You get General Motors getting five point seven eight percent on their bonds. You get Home Depot with four point three percent on their bonds and Ford getting six point seven percent on their bonds. So what they're doing is companies still want to get a return for their money. And making investments and that ain't working right now. So they're like, yo, let me just put my money. So you hear Apple got nine, a hundred and ninety something billion dollars in cash. Well, they got a lot of that money in bonds to get a short-term return on that money. And so if they can get a return on that money, it's better than them just having the money sitting on the side. But even right now, with bond yields so high, even cash is getting a return. Right? So that's, I just wanted, wanted y'all to see that and understand that, right? Even though, even though the market is running, I mean falling, companies are now taking their money, putting it in bonds. So here's what happens, y'all. What happens when the big investors are losing confidence in Apple and the buying yields? Look at that two-year and that 10-year. That two-year is up over that 10-year. So investors are getting more money for putting their money in short-term bonds. Anytime the market rewards a short-term um, investment longer than a long-term investment, we're in trouble. The four-year peak, that 4.2, that thing, that thing. All right, man, let's go, man. <laughs> we own it, man. We own it. So I heard this. I, I, I'm not going to lie, y'all. Like, this kind of pissed me off. Right? This, this one here pissed me off. So they're calling it like a watchdog. Right? And they're saying that a watchdog is going after people who stole PPP loans. He said a watchdog is going after people. Wait up, can't mess my, can't mess my, my big and Right, so they said a watchdog is going after people who committed PPP loan fraud. Right, they're saying $445.6 billion was stole in COVID relief money. Now, here's what I want you to understand. Here's what I want you to understand. 850 public companies that's on the stock market got PPP. 759 of them kept the money and didn't pay it back. You ain't about to tell me that people that look like me and you stole $45.6 billion in PPP loan money when people like Shake Shack and these other companies are getting $10 million, $5 million, Auto Nation, $50 million, $30 million, $20 million. What? You coming after the wrong people. You coming after the wrong people. When 25% of them wasn't even in trouble. Only 25% of them was in trouble. The rest of them, oh, that free money? Let me get it. So make sure, partner, when you come after the people that, who was trying to survive, make sure you go after them public companies too who didn't pay your money back. I told you, I'm going to represent us, y'all. Make sure Joe Biden and the crew Right? Make sure when you put the watchdog on the people, the poor people in America who is trying to survive. Make sure. 
Just make sure you go after them people, right? Who took that PPP money, who didn't need it, who paid, they, they didn't even give it to their employees. They pocketed that. Make sure. Make sure you go after them. 850 public companies got PPP loans. 759 of them kept it. Make sure you go after them too before you go try to separate a family, Mr. Joe, because I remember in 94 when you was calling us super predators too. I ain't forgot that. I told y'all, man, I'm going to stand up. I ain't scared to say what I got to say, man. So make sure you go after them, man. Let's go, man. Right? Look at it, man. 60%. 60% of the companies got 2 million, anywhere between 2 million and 5 million. 36% got anywhere between 5 million and 10 million. Now you do the math. There was 850 companies, 750 something companies didn't give it back. That's half of the 45 billion right there. More than half. That's more than half. Yeah, some people got some, yeah, some people went scam. People trying to survive. People trying to survive. Yeah, some people went dip twice. Yeah, they're saying people was using people that was in jail. People that was using people that was dead. Oh, so, all right, people was trying to survive. In 08, what happened? You ain't bring nobody to jail for the biggest collapse in American history. Ain't nobody went to jail for that. Dude walked away with $450 million. And he's still, now you run a small bank on Wall Street. Ain't nobody went to jail for that. Now you want to try to chase some people behind that? Go look at them people. Go all at that. 08 crash. Nobody. Financial crash. The banks crash. The banks put us in that position. Ain't nobody go to jail. What we talking about? Stop playing. Stop playing. You want to try to go get some people who trying to survive. Ain't nobody got no money. You want to go out to poor people in America. Black, white, brown, Latino, Asian. You want to go hit us up. I ain't getting nothing. I was cool. But you want to hit them people up. They ain't they fault. You put them in that position in the first place. <laughs> Welcome to the Wall Street Looks Like Us Now Network. I'm your boy, the Wall Street Traveler. You dig. That's why we need to be number one. <laughs> That's why we need to be number one. Come on, let me, man. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go, man. How we feeling tonight, man? Hey. Tonight, one of them nice, man. I'm telling you. Oh, man. This dude here. This dude, Putin, bro. I'm, I'm. So, first of all, he getting his ass whooped by them Ukrainians. I ain't gonna lie. When that dude from Ukraine said something, when that dude from Ukraine said something, he said something that was real strong. He said, I don't need an escape route. I need more ammunition. Cuz. <laughs> today, today, today. <laughs> Two in the back, looking at the camera, like, "Yo, what is he talking about?" Hey, cuz, you was in the army before, cuz. That boy said, "I don't need no escape route. I need ammunition." That boy said, "I'm gonna die on my shield. Bring it." Who we talking about? Balls on CNBC, but not a step balls on CNBC with a shirt on. Like, yo, I'm at war. What's I ain't wearing no suit. What we talking about? I don't need evacuating route. I need ammunition. I said, ooh, he with the smoke. But guess what that did? His people, his people said, we we with it. We with it. 
We with the smoke. We with the crap. I respect that. Down your shield, fam. But see, that's a different type of energy. Spartans. Oh, that what that is, huh? Oh, what we doing? You ain't never been, listen, you ain't never been up against a challenge. You like, bro, I got more heart than you. I got more fight in me than you, bro. I'm big dog. I'm just in a small frame. What's up? You ain't never, like, I remember being in there. Hey, I was in prison, yo. I'm not going to lie, yo. So my dog, Fatty. Shout out to my brother, Fatty, man. That's my dog. Shout out to my dog, T. Frederick. That's my dog, too. You hear me? T, I see you in the chat. T always in the chat. I see you, slime. <laughs> but I used to always fight my dog, Cousin Rob. I was 16, 17. I used to fight Rob all the time, y'all. All the time in prison, I used to fight Rob. Rob used to try to steal my shit. He used to, like, take my tuna fish. I used to be like, dog, pop. I used to go punch him in the shit. And we used to, like, scuffle. Grrr. Rob passed away when I got, um, maybe 2000 and... 2000-something, Rob passed away. Rob was big, though. Let's call that boy a crazy Rob. That boy was, like, 6'2". That boy was, like, 220. Cock. Man, I'm, like, 5'7 at the time. So I'm 5'10 right now, just to let y'all know. Stop playing with me. Stop playing. Y'all grew a little bit in that thing. I was like five seven at the time. Paper like like one fifty. Man, what's up, man? Strap up, bro. Every time I'm fighting Rob, tussling with him, he just slammed me against the gate. Boom! Come up off the gate, just fighting with him. And one day, one day I got that sucker right. That boy grabbed me. I said, ooh, I got him. I said, ooh, I got him. I'm like a little pit bull. Yo, that tail going, go, go, scratch. Go, I'm a scratch, you hear me? I'm a scratch. Listen, man. Every, and then one day, one day, Rob was like, say, Brian, I don't even lie. But we went upstate because I wound up going upstate. Right, I wound up going upstate because I had the 10 years, Rob had the 10 years, and um, we was in this camp together. And that boy, Kenny, said, see, bro, I ain't gonna lie, bro, I always respect you, dog. You know, I was, I was bullied. I was like, oh my, man, I don't hear that, bro. Like, man, I don't hear that, man. He was like, I ain't gonna lie, though, bro. Like, I always respect you. One thing you're gonna do, you're gonna scratch, dog. Because now we upstate, we ain't on the New Orleans, this part of, like, we on, like, Louisiana, like, we on New Orleans against Lake Charles, against, like, it's not city against city. Yeah, you want an ally, nah, you hear me? <laughs> I need them throws, <laughs> I need them, I need them hitters on the side, you hear me? But I'm, I'm, I'm dolo, I'm dolo, I'm on my own. I'm like, man, what's up, man, what's up, man, whatever, man. You know what I'm saying? But he, you like, say, bro, like, I ain't gonna lie. One thing I can say, boy, you always scratch, boy. One thing about you, boy, you, you might be, you small, boy, but you gonna scratch. Man, listen, you know, one of the greatest poets of all time said something that was amazing, man. He said, mama ain't had no hoe. She could have raised a girl for that. Huh? Shout to Juvie, you hear me? <laughs> cuz, how I'm gonna come home and be on you like, what's up? Cuz, if I was over there, if I would handle my business, I could stand 10 toes down. I know one thing, in that place, I stood 10 toes down. And everybody who knew me in that place, they're rocking me right now the long way. 
He said, oh, boy. I'm like, what's up? Ain't no side stories. Ain't no funny bunny business about free. My name's strong. I ain't win every fight. I lost a lot of them. But I scratched every time. It wasn't one time I said, hey, bro, I'm straight. <sighs> I'm straight, dog. I'm good, dog. And one time I hung my head down. Bust up and all. What's up? Let's run it, bro. Run it back. Run it back. What we doing? Run it back. I ain't tired. Run it back. I don't smoke no cigarettes or nothing. Run it back. And I said I to say, that's what Ukraine doing. Man, I don't need, just give me some pistols. We gonna hold it down. So Putin put 300 troops in mobility mode. Like, yo, let's go. Then he gonna tell the people, fight to the death. This dude got farmers, little kids. Bruh, them people don't want to fight. You just sending them people over there. So now you're sending somebody who don't want to fight against some people who fight for their life. Bro, that don't mix. That don't mix. That is a 100% a suicide mission. Because yeah, you got some people who going to like stand up for Russia like, yeah, I'm built this. This is what we doing. You got some people like, bro, I don't want no part of that. Why are you? That boy is drafting people. Hey, come on. So you know how that goes? The rich people in Russia are going to be like, yo, not my kid. So you know who's going over there now? The poor people. You send them people to get slaughtered. Because them people in Ukraine, here's, here's the thing. Every time they win a certain part of their country back, they, give, they, they, they fight up a little more. And at this point now, I got more confidence than you. So now what he going to do is, so Europe got sanctions on Russia. And so now what he going to do to Europe, he already shut one thing off. Now he said he going to cut the gas supply off. But this dude, Putin playing out. Because I'm going to be real with you, I think at this point, I think, you know how when you make a bad decision, the minute you realize it's a bad decision, you can do one or two things. The minute you realize you made a bad decision, you can do one or two things. You can admit that you made a bad decision and bow down, or you can double down on the bullshit. You got one, you got one or two options to do right here. You be like, all right, yo, I made a bad decision. I'm good. I'm a chill. Or you double down. And he doubling down. And, bro, this could be bad, man. This could turn into something bad, bro, all across the world, man. So, man, look, this it's a tough situation, man. I'm not even going to lie. It's a tough situation for everybody, man. And I'm not going to lie. I hate to see innocent people get killed to somebody's, uh, some, some egotistical thing, bro. And it's not, it's just not cool, bro. But it is what it is, man. Let's go, man. <laughs> Let's go, man. It's a sad situation, man. I hate to see that, but. Ah. Man, look, man. Right now, let's talk about Qualcomm. I own this company. I own this company. And I've been owning it for some, I've owned it since about 74. About 74, 74, 70, I've been owning it, right? And I got to let y'all know the company that I own so nobody ain't making, I'm thinking I'm selling it. But I listened to the CEO, and the CEO said something that was amazing, man. The CEO said, the future of cars are in auto tech. And he said, Qualcomm 
will lead that innovation. And he made a lot of sense. He said cars will be the, well, I'm saying this, he didn't say this, but he says cars will be the new, um, like, computer, right? And so when I say I'm thinking about it as the cars will be like the phones once were. Remember, like, the phone replaced the laptop? Like, you remember the phone replaced the laptop? Well, the car now will integrate with softwares. The cars will integrate with the cloud. The cars will integrate with home security. The cars will integrate with service providers. The cars will integrate with everything. And so now it gives the car dealer the opportunity to build a deeper rapport with the car consumer. Yo, just imagine like you're going to be in your car and all kind of stuff you can do. Business like, and not be crazy. Yo, the company has grown by 30% and it's truly going to change history. And it's saying 100% like we are going to be, he's saying like car companies now have to become tech companies. And I'm like, damn, Tesla already right there. That's why if you like Tesla, you, you're not just investing in a car brand, you're investing in a tech company that has a car. Right? And, and they're in, It's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing to see this happen. Right? So when you see this, I'm like, ah, I bet. So now I'm looking at like the different ways that cars are going to be used. Right? We're looking at the different ways that cars are going to be used. And like your car now become like, just imagine like your car now becomes the second, like, Iteration of first to your house. Let's go, man. Let's go, man. This, this is going to be heavy right here. This, like, this is another, this is the evolution. And so now they're saying we want to become, we, we don't want to just be a, a mobile computer business. We want to be like a connecting computer business. So we want to connect people's cars and homes and security. And they already, Apple already can't get rid of them. They tried, but they can't. Apple had to pay them more. They represent 46% of Apple revenue. Apple like, nope. Carl come like, nope, you can't get rid of me because you can't make what I do. You can get rid of everybody else, but you can't do what I do because you done tried it full time and you failed all full time. <laughs> Mark like, God damn, I wish I could do that shit. You know what I'm saying? Let's go, man. Right, so as we go, as we move forward, as we get into that and we start understanding this, I want you to understand like the companies that they have partnered with. They've partnered with Ford. They've partnered with Nissan. They've partnered with Camry. They've partnered with Audi. They've partnered with GM. They've partnered with Hyundai. They've partnered with Honda. They've partnered with Volvo, Mercedes-Benz, Ferrari, Volkswagen, Tesla, Porsche, BMW. <sighs> they at the head of this thing. And I'm not going to lie, like, once I saw them create something that Apple couldn't duplicate, I was like, bet. Because, you know, Tim, don't like, Tim like big dog. Once he created something that Apple couldn't duplicate, I said, okay, bet. Bet. So I'm not going to lie, I might double down on this. I might double down on them. Like, I own about 125, 130, I might double down on them. But let's talk about ways they're doing, like, intelligent transportation systems. Like, look at this visual. Like, intelligent transportation systems. New vehicles, 
transition into electric vehicles, they're going to always have you connected. Automated driving, the car now becomes the new platform. And it becomes a direct relationship between a car person and a consumer. And now they merge physical and digital spaces. The digital transformation of the automotive, automobile is accelerating. So here's a trap I want to say. I want to say when you find, remember last week we talked about, say if you want to get into the EV, we talked about the motors, we talked about all these different things. Well, when you think about the car, because EV is moving, but now think about all the features when you get a car, all the features that you have inside the car. Think about all the features you have inside the car. So they're about to be ahead of that revolution, and I'm not mad at them. I'm excited. You can definitely check out their presentation on this on YouTube. It's amazing. Um, I think Qualcomm is definitely an amazing company. Uh, like I said, I've owned this since like $74, and I'm not going nowhere. I'm not going nowhere. <laughs> Let's go, man. How y'all feeling, man? Let's go, man. How we feeling? Right? Now, y'all know this is one of my legal dope dealers. Legal dope dealer, man. But I like this company because it's number one, Eli Lilly. Man, this is one of the companies I bought during the recession. Um, it is the biggest dealer of insulin in the world. Right? But they're in the kitchen. They're in the kitchen right now. So what they're doing right now is they just got approved for the drug called like Retivmo, something like that, right? Um, it is for adults that have advanced, like, locally tumors. So if you got, like, tumors, like, this drug helps you. So that's good because, like, tumors are real bad, yo. Like, and, and I started doing research. I didn't realize that something like four out of ten Americans are susceptible to catching tumors, man. So that's bad. So they created a drug. What I like about this company is, I'm not going to lie, what I like about they like they, they come up with ways to be the number one company that's doing something. You know what I'm saying? So they're going to become, they, they enter this and then they just got another FDA approval. They got accepted for this drug they want to start making for Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's is a, is a, is a, is a, Alzheimer's, like you, you can't, when, when a person has Alzheimer's, like it's kind of like you watch them, like, I don't want to say the wrong word right here, man. Disintegrate. Slowly, like right before you, you watch them like slowly but surely like lose their memory, lose what's going on, losing their functionality, and you can't do nothing about it. So Eli, they're like, yo, like we about to create a drug that can help that. That's going to be, that's going to be pivotal. I'm not going to lie. So like, I, it's another company that I own. I enjoy owning. I like the CEO. They were one of the companies that help people during COVID. I'm not vouching for them. But I'm definitely, this is one of the companies I love, man. Shout out to Eli Lilly, man, for just being a stand-up company, man. Let's go, man. <laughs> Let's go, man. So, check it. This week, this segment is called Learning the Lingo. But listen, before I go to you first, this segment is brought to you by none other than Travis Anonymous. Listen, my favorite word to tell you when I think about Travis Anonymous is 
Come home. Just come home. Listen, you want to learn how to invest? You want to learn how to build wealth? You want to learn how to heal your financial trauma? Come home. Now is not the time for you to be guessing. Now is not the time for you to be gambling. Now is not the time for you to be following the crowd. Come home. Come have a seat. Come sit on a sofa. Come, come to the book club. Come to the live from the kitchens. Come from the early morning lives that we do just for that. Come be a part of a family. Come be a part of like-minded individuals that want to see you grow, that want to see you succeed. One of the reasons why we are truly not be able to succeed in life in anything is because we're trying to do everything on our own. I literally came on the show and said how much I need y'all because I can't build this business. I can't build this platform without y'all. The one thing I got to do each and every day is even when I'm not recording, I got to be learning. I got to be educating. I got to be seeing what's going on in society. But also, I got to talk to my team. I got to talk to my cousin behind the camera. I got to talk to my production team. I got to talk to my researchers. I got to talk to the people who you know my, my camera guy. I, got, I can't build it alone. This is my community. This is my group right here. So when you come into the studio, you feel like you at home. Same thing when it comes to learning. Why you think so many children didn't do good during the pandemic in school? They just passed them because you were learning on a thing by yourself. That ain't the most productive way to learn. The most productive way to learn is when you're amongst your peers, when you're amongst people. Why you think they want people to come back to, back to the job? Because you could be more productive when you're amongst your people. When you're at home, you're lazy. When you're trying to do it by yourself, you're lazy. You just have to work with the bonnet on. Hey, you take the bonnet off. You get on the camera. Hey, how y'all doing? You still got your nightclothes on. You turn the camera off, you take the, put the bonnet back on, go back to sleep. You are most productive when you are amongst people who are on the same mission you are, who are seeking to attain the same things that you're seeking to attain. So my only word to you is come home, man. Travis Anonymous, you can pay for month for month or you can pay for the year, but I promise you, man, that's a small investment that you're going to make that's going to pay big dividends and big returns on the back end. So it's your boy to watch you, chap, man. Come home. <laughs> this segment is learning the lingo, man, because I realized that one of the things that truly, truly, truly keeps people from being successful in this game is because they don't understand the language. They don't understand what it is that the words that they hear when they're looking at CNBC, when they're looking at Bloomberg, when they listen to all these channels, they can listen to it all day, but you don't understand what's being said. Welcome to Wall She Looks Like Us Now. We're going to trap it too. Um, so this week, Learning Lingo is the IPO, the Initial Public Offering, right? This is a process of offering shares of a private corporation to a public in a new stock issuance for the first time. Now, let me show you how this goes, right? So IPO is this, Initial Public Offering. This is what's going on. This is what's happening. I want to take my media company public. What I'm going to do is I'm going to get somebody to come and underwrite this media up company. They're going to see how much we make. They're going to see how much revenue we have in. They're going to digest the whole company. All my books are supposed to be good. And then what I'm going to do is before I go to the public, I'm going to do what's called the primary market where I'm going to shop my business around. I'm going to shop my business around to these big investors. I'm going to shop my business around to Goldman Sachs. I'm going to shop my business around to Chase. I'm going to shop my business around to Piper Sandler. I'm going to shop my business around to Morgan Stanley. And then I'm going to get these small investors. I'm going to try to get everybody to come in right, to get to buy some of this business. Now, the underwriter is going to tell me, how much of the business do you want to put on the market? I may say, listen, I want to put uh, 3% of my business, 4% of my business, 10% of my business on the market. They say, okay, cool. This portion of your business is worth this much money. 
this much money, we'll break it down to this many shares at this price. Then there's a process that must go on. People must evaluate the business. The process of this is must get the business out at the right price. Now, now, once I get that money from them, I give them them shares, I now take that money to build the business out. I don't got nothing to do with them shares no more. I take my money to build out this media company. Right now, what a good company can do is now, once we put the shares on the market, now you, this is the IPO, now you get to bid it on the secondary market, which is the stock market. It's the secondary market. Now you get to buy shares. Now what happens is I perform good in the business. The business makes money. The shares go up. The business not doing good. The shares go down. I don't have nothing to do with that. I'm not making money off that. This is how I make money off it. I, the Wall Street Trapper, now says, now that my business has this many shares on the market, guess what I'm going to go do? I'm going to go buy some shares of my business. This is how Mark Zuckerberg, this is how Warren Buffett, this is how all of these people get so wealthy because they have shares. Their wealth is tied to the shares that they own of their own business. <laughs> right, so that's the IPO, man. Definitely, this is our segment of learning the lingo, man. Bought you by none other than Travis Anonymous. Right, let's go, y'all. Right, listen. I want to take a minute right here and appreciate the people that came before me. This version of Certified Trap of the Week is gonna be crucial. Cuz, give me that stool right there. Cuz I wanna want take my time and I wanna give this some justice. I wanna give this one some justice. Right? I want, I want, I want this one to truly sit in on us. Thank you, cuz. I want this, I wanna sit on on this. Cuz this one. This one needs to be, this one needs to marinate on us, right? So this week, our certified trap of the week is not one person. It's a community. It's the Haytai community of North Carolina. A community that was worth over $300 million in today's money. A community that consists of black-owned businesses. A community that had a library. A community that had a hotel. A community that had a theater. A community that had a hospital. A community that became self-sufficient. There was more than one black Wall Street in Tulsa, Oklahoma. The Haytai District is a historic African-American community and is now part of Durham, North Carolina. It was founded by independent black community shortly after the Civil War. By freedmen that came to work in tobacco, warehouses, and related jobs. By the 20th century, African Americans owned and operated more than 200 businesses along Fayetteville, Pettigrew, 
and Pine Street. The black-owned businesses, services, libraries, hotel, theater, hospitals, and the community became self-sufficient by 1958. The urban renewal program took down houses and businesses in this 200-acre community, split it in half, ran a highway through it. But it was founded by these guys right here, man, these handsome kings, man. James E. Shepard, Aaron Moore, John Merrick, and Charles Spaulding. They started what is called the North Carolina Mutual Life Insurance Company. And in 1898, they became the largest and richest African-American company in the United States of America. James Shepard went on and he helped establish the North Carolina Central University, HBCU, in 1925. It became the first African-American liberal arts college in the state of America. Let's take a moment and celebrate these kings. Because not only did the, 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 the Black Wall Street of Tulsa, Oklahoma, and the Greenwood District not only were they prominent and affluent, but they inspired and had so many other prominent and affluent people of color. I want you to know that we are resilient people. I want you to understand that if it's not by bombing, if it's not by lynching, if it's not by murder, they'll run a highway through it. One of the things that, that petrified America was affluent black men and affluent black women. And that hasn't changed. That hasn't switched. That's why I talked about Reaganomics in 1982 when the world was going through a recession. One of the ways they doubled down on black and poor and brown people in America was they put us on drugs, man. They took away our culture, they took away our language, and then they broke away the family. One of the ways that you truly build wealth is from the family dynamic. Once you take the family dynamic away, you can't build wealth like that. What are you leaving it to? Who are you leaving it to? A single black man can't build wealth if he ain't leaving it to his kids and his wife. A single black woman can't be wielding wealth if she ain't leaving it to her wife, I mean to her Kids and her husband. Or your partner, should I say. Be politically correct because I don't want to offend nobody. The family dynamic is so important when it comes to well-building. And I keep telling y'all, man, that you are a resilient people. And you got to restructure the contract that you have signed with America that you are full of shit, that you are murderers, that you are incapable of building wealth. Yeah, all you can do is rap and play ball and entertain. Nothing against none of those people. Nothing against nobody that does that. But you can be billionaire investors. You can create a billion dollar business. You can do that. And if you look at our track record as a people, we are known for doing that. And we are resilient. 
So I just want to shout these amazing black men out. But I also want to shout the amazing black women who were their partners, who gave birth to their children, but also the amazing black families that had this company, this society, and this city booming. Because America does what America does. When they see you killing it, they kill you. I just wanted to say that. All right, man, I had to sit down, but I wanted y'all to feel me on that, right? I wanted to, I wanted to talk my talk. Cause let me get that out your shot. <laughs> Let's go, man. Let's go, man. How you feel? How you feel? Like, what I be trying to do is I try to take y'all on a story, man. You know what I'm saying? That's why I want y'all to notice something too, man. I'm going to just keep it real. I changed the certified trapper from just being like the Warren Buffett's and the, and the, and the, you know, the, the Charlie Mungas of the world. And I switched that because I wanted to highlight us. I want to take us on a journey. I want to take us because we need to know more of the people who paved the way for us so we can truly see that it's in us to have greatness. That is in us to be strong, that is in us to be resilient, but that is in us to be wealthy. And no time rather than now that we have the opportunity to reign supreme. Take y'all on the commercial break right quick. Let y'all check this out right quick, man. We'll be right back in about 15 seconds, man. It's your boy, The Wall Street Trapper. Trapper Apparel Trapper. Inc. is a movement that is dedicated to giving wealth a new look. To be a trapper represents first-generation millionaires. It represents breaking generational curses and turning our last names to assets. Wall Street looks like us now. No matter your race, color, or creed, we are the financial revolutionaries. We are taking ownership of our 24 hours. We are the new look of wealth. And Trapper Apparel Inc. is our uniform. Wall Street looks like us now. Come trap with us. I know a lot of people have been asking me, man, listen, it's here. Coming, man, right? Trap Apparel Inc., man. Listen, man, if you truly serious about building wealth, man, it's got to be a uniform, man. Right? If you truly serious about building wealth, if you truly serious, like when you walk up the street, this is, this is like a, 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 a statement piece. When they see that Wall Street looks like us. Now, every time I walk through the airport, somebody see Wall Street looks like us, they be like, I'll be like, yeah, I stick my chest out a little bit more. Yeah, that's what it said. What's up? Certified Wall Street travel. Yeah. You see it? What's up? We stand by this, man. This is it, man. Let's go, man. We got another segment called Breaking Down a Brick. Y'all know for me, man, I like to uh, break this thing down to the lowest terms. Like, so when we look at a company, one of the greatest things we can do is understand how that company operating, what that company owns. Because we know about the stock market is like a lot of things that we truly don't pay attention to are owned by companies that we don't even know about. So this week, man, we're going to talk about a dope company called uh, Darden Brands, right? So this company is known, uh, it, it owns, it owns uh, 
Some of the companies that we know of, so we talk about Olive Garden, uh, we talk about Longhorn Steakhouse, we talk about Bahama Breeze, I'm not going to lie, I will go to Bahama Breeze and get this virgin pina colada, think inside the pineapple, cuz, that thing different. And then they got the rice with the grilled shrimp, cuz, I'm not going to lie, I mess with Bahama Breeze. You didn't give me money, right? Uh, season 52, Capital Grill is not bad. Capital Grill, Eddie V's, and Yard House. Now, I'm not going to lie. I used to always go to Yard House because they had this California roll, but it came like a crab cake and it had this nice sauce on it. They don't do it anymore, so I stopped going. Anyway, but Darren Brands is an amazing brand. It owns these companies right here. Um, it actually operates over two thousand companies, right? Uh, 2,200 restaurants uh, worldwide, man. And they serve more than 425 meals. Ticket symbol D-R-I. Check out Darren Brands again, man. Longhorns, Olive Garden, Cheddar's, Yard House, Season 52, Capital Grill, Bahama Breeze, Eddie V's. Check out Yard House, man. Shibola Wall Street Travel. Let's go, man. Ha! All right, man, so now we are going to truly get into my favorite segment of the show, the well track. The well track is such an amazing segment because we know the importance of rap music in our culture. We know the importance of rap music in society. We know the impact. We know the influence that it has. But yet, we don't get the rap music. We don't get the music that truly inspires us. We get the music that always talking about the streets. Don't get me wrong, I'm from the streets. So I get it and I understand it, right? But I also understand the role that being in the streets and listening to street music played on me. I understand the role that music, TV shows from the streets played on me. It molded me and it set a tone for my life. Underlying tone, um, that's why it's called programming. Right, because you start acting and responding to things, and you don't even know it. So this week, man, the well track is brought to you by. We're gonna talk about none other than the homie Hove, man. None other than the homie Hove, man. And he says something, man. She might start an institute. She might put poor kids through school. My stake in writing nation should go to you. Leave a leave a piece for your siblings. To give to their kids too. Title, the champagne, do say, I like to see a nice piece. Fun ideas from the people who look like we. We gotta start a society within a society that's major like the Negro League. <laughs> there was an America, there was a time in America that wouldn't let us ball. Those times are now back, just now called Afro-Tech. Generational wealth, that's the key. My parents ain't had eh, so that shift started with me. Let's walk through that, man. Let's walk through that. She might start an institute she might put poor kids through school. So he's talking about like his daughter, like some of the aspirations that she might do. Because one of the things that wealthy people do is give back. 
But she's he talking about give back to the poor, give back, start an institution, start, because that's how people did. If you look back, we just talked about, we just talked about the king. He started the North Carolina Central University, HBCU. So that's thinking big. Like my wealth going to put you in a situation. Like think about the wealth that I'm leaving. I'm leaving so much wealth for my kid that she might start an institute. She might put poor kids through school. But in order for her to even think like that as a father and as a mother, they had to program her that way. Goes a little further. My stake in Rock Nation should go to you. Meaning the company that I own, my stake in it, that's going to go to you too. So I'm not just giving you BS. I'm also now giving you my stake in the business. I'm giving you my stake in the business. Leave a piece for your siblings to give to their kids too. <laughs> talking about wealth being for generational. We're talking about wealth being generational. Leave a piece for your siblings, okay? Leave a, like my stake in the business, like I'm going to give it to you. But I want you to give a piece to your siblings, but it's, it's lucrative enough where you can give a piece to their kids too. So my, your siblings, your sisters and brothers, the twins, like, make sure their kids get a piece too. We talking generation here, y'all. Title, the champagne, the douce. I like to see a nice piece. Fun ideas from people who look like we. That means, look, you make investments, I want you to fund ideas. First of all, let's talk about the businesses, the title, the do say, the share. Let's talk about the businesses that I own, right? We got a nice piece of that. But let's fund some ideas from people that look, let's take some people that look like us and let's fund their ideas. Because one of the things that your people lack is funding. We got to start a society within a society. Watch this underlining blow though. That's major like the Negro League. Ooh, that boy talking spicy. He talking spicy. Because to be honest with you, the Negro League was major. To be honest with you, the Negro League was actually better than the Major League Baseball. It was more entertaining. They had better athletes. But you see, let's start a society. Let's start a society for us within the society. And we ain't going to go into the, the double entendres and all that because people, man, we're going to leave it here. Face value for people. Right? There was an America that wouldn't let us ball. Look at all that. <laughs> Like, I, like, he went crazy with just that bar right there. Start a society within a society that's major like the Negro League. There was a time in America and they wouldn't let us ball. All that, golly, hove. Now watch how he slide in. Those times are now, it's called Afrotech. Why? Because they need more black people in the tech industry. They know what we do, man. They knew what we do. But he just saying, look, there's a time in America when they wouldn't let us ball. But that time ain't now. That time is now still, because they still, they still hold us. They still have us financially. That's why we gotta make this, 
That's why this platform right here, I'm breaking away and, and soon, yo, that's why I need to build it up. Man, I need to sit alone. I need to sit on my own platform. That's my own thing. And then when you go to YouTube and when you go to these, it's because I put it there, but it's mainly housed on my own. It's coming. But he go further, man. He said something that's real dope, man. He said, generational wealth, that's the key. My parents ain't have, leave me it. So that shift, not that, sh but that shift starts with me. I want you to understand something, man. In order to build wealth, man, you got to play the long game. You got to put your people in position. Everybody thinking about right now. Why are we just so focused on right now? What I can do right now, look, I'm going to be real. The reason why you won't be on right now, I'm going to keep, because you won't show the gram. That's why you won't be popping right now. I unfollow everybody on the gram, yo. I don't need that influence. That way I ain't even tripping on that. Bad, because here it's programmed. There, you know there's a science behind you scrolling and the thumb thing, there's a science behind that that makes you addicted. That generational world, man, if we start thinking like that, man, if we start thinking generational, man, not check the check, not you. If we start thinking generational, man, that gives us some more room to grow. That gives us more room to acquire. That gives us more room to build and solidify ourselves. Generational wealth is the key. When you start moving generational, I'm going to be real with you. When you start thinking generational, like your day-to-day -day don't need much be. Because you're thinking about the long goal. When I think about the Wall Street looks like us now network, I'm thinking 10, 15 years from now. Everything I'm doing between now and the first 10 years, I ain't even tripping on that. I'm thinking 15 years from now, 10 years from now. I'm 40. I'm thinking about what this is going to look like when I'm 50. If I'm showing up every day. If I'm showing up every Tuesday. You know how many tools I got to show up for 10 years? Because you know how many tools we got to show up for 10 years, God? We got to show up. We got to show up. That's how I'm thinking. We got to show up for 10 years. Come for the thing, get where we needed to be at. Whatever happened in between that 10 years, that's my mark. My mark is like, come, what we going to look like in 10 years? Everybody that, that worked with me to build this, we on a 10-year, like, yo, we on a 10-year run when you come here. This one, if you ain't going to be here for 10 years, if your goal ain't to rock me for at least 10 years, you don't need to be here. I need to put somebody in here that's going to rock like that because that's how I'm rocking. I ain't never missing a tool for 10 years. God said the same. And if you ain't built like that, if you don't got that kind of vision, this ain't the place for you. We thinking generational. And here's the dope part. I'm going to keep it real. And I feel old. Man, nobody leave me nothing. So that shift got to start with me. That shift got to start with you. That's a powerful ass verse, man. Let's say it again. She might start an institute. She might put poor kids through school. My stake in rock, rock Nation should go to you. Leave a piece for your siblings. Give it to their kids too. Title, champagne, douce. I like a nice piece. Fun ideas from people who look like we. We gotta start a seek, we gotta start a society within a society that's major like the Negro League. There was a time in America they wouldn't let us ball. Those times are back. We call it now, call that Afrotech. Generational wealth was the key. My parents ain't leave me shit, so that shit start with me. Shout out to Hole for that, man. Legacy, 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 legacy. Legacy. And that brings me right to this next segue, man. 
Wise words from the OG, man. This one, I just like to have a conversation with y'all, man. You know, during the show, man, if y'all don't really notice, man, we be telling a story. We tell a story about life. We tell a story about the economy. We tell a story about what's going on. We like to paint a vivid picture for you so you can get it. It's strategical that I leave the, leave the store the, the store on a soul, such a positive and profound vibe. The well track. Learning the lingo. I mean, bringing on a brick. The well, the well track. Wiser from the OG. Some people were truly in recessions before 2021-2022. You were in your own personal financial recession. And you were in a recession because of lack of information. You were in a recession because how you spent your money. You were like a company that had negative working capital. The key to wealth is long-term. We just heard Hove say it. We got to start measuring this thing in years and generations, not day by day. When I had my daughter, man, the first thing I said was, yo, this is mine. The next thing came to my head is, I don't want her to go through what I went through. The third thing that came to my head was generational wealth. How do I secure her future? We have that power. We just ain't tapped into it. We got that power to change generations. When we look at the high tide community, we look at Black Wall Street, we look at the Florida Rosewood area, we got the power to change communities. We got the power to influence generations. We got to stop letting you two raise our children. We got to stop letting... The, the, the computer raise our children. We got to stop letting the phone dictate us. That's the only way, because as long as we distracted, we can't never pay attention to what's going on. As long as we distracted, we can't never get our money right. As long as we locked in on the gram all day, we measure our success to somebody else's success. We wonder why we ain't doing good. We trying to see you, you can't do it like that. We got to measure this thing in years. And once we start measuring this thing in years, we start asking ourselves, did I put the next generation in position? You heard Hope. Leave a piece of that state for your siblings, but they kids too. He already done took care of three generations. Like, yo, we good. Boom, boom, boom. How many generations have you put in place already? How many generations are on your blueprint right now? You got to buy great companies, buy great real estate, or create great businesses that can be sold for millions or profited or steady cash flow is how we prepare for generations. Man, every one of us is different. We got different goals, we got different values, and we got a different mission in life. But there's a plethora of things that we can do with our money. 
Building the wall is not just a cookie cutter approach. Like one plus one equal two. There's so many different things we can do with our money. The goal is we got to learn the different things that we can do with our money. I know you're scared. I know you fear losing your money. But here's the thing. If you don't make a move, you will not be in a better situation tomorrow. And I always say that the future costs you more. A dollar that ain't moving is a dollar that's losing, y'all. And if you allow them to feed you, you give them permission to starve you. You have to make adjustments in the game. Not just at halftime. You got to make in-game adjustments. All right, cool. I see this ain't going right. I got to switch up some things. That's okay. But you got to have a game plan. A lot of people say, man, Trap, I'm going to be a millionaire. This question always blows me. Man, who's going to be a millionaire? Me. Not a millionaire, Trap. I'm going to be a billionaire, Trap. I bet. What's the game plan? Everybody get quiet after that. What's the game plan? I ask me, Trap, what do you plan to be? Man, I, you know, I see nine figures in my future. How you going to get that, Trap? Well, I'm going to build a media company out. But this is a 15-year plan for me. And through the media company, I plan on hosting conferences. Through the media company, I plan on doing tours. Through the media company, I plan on creating documentaries. Through the media company, I plan on shooting movies. Through the media company, I plan on partnering. I want my daughter to actually take on a part of my business so she can start a hedge fund. So I got to learn different levels of trading so we can now trade for people through an asset management. The Wall Street looks like us now holding company. So now she can manage an account for that so she can trade from that. So now we buy real estate, we buy stocks, we trade, we start other businesses through that. I want to own a couple hotels. This is how I'm going to get there. This is how I'm going to get there. This is how I'm going to get there. Save cash, put some money. We accumulate so much money that we put it in bonds. And why do we put it in bonds? So the money is, even if we're getting 2 3%, we're doing one, two-year bonds. The same thing that Apple, Microsoft, Google and them do. We're getting 2 3% on our bonds. And what we're doing is in the recession. We want to now take the money out the bonds so we can buy distressed assets on sale. We think of opportunity, not adversity. I want to teach the same game to my family, but I also want to inspire other people. I want to create the Wall Street Looks Like Us Now Academy where you come learn stocks, you come learn real estate, you come learn dividends, you come learn trade, you come learn different things and you pay a tuition like college, but not as much. A couple hundred dollars. This is the game plan. This is the game plan. So I can see nine figures easy this way. What's the game plan? How do you become a billionaire that you say you want to be? Are you wishful thinking or are you going to be strategic? And here's the thing. You won't become a billionaire overnight if you want to be a billionaire. It's going to take you 10, 15, 20 years. I promise you. And you can't get there trying to worry about day to day. You got to get there by thinking years. You want to know why Warren Buffett is so amazing as being a success, a successful investor? It's not that he just was so great. I'm going to be real with y'all, bro. Like, it's not that he's just such a great investor. What he was was he had a game plan. He had an identity. This is what I do. 
and he bought businesses for the long term. He kept it so simple. He didn't make it hard. I'm going to buy businesses at discount prices. I'm going to buy businesses at discount prices. I'm going to learn how to trade. He bought a railroad. He bought mobile homes. He bought real estate. He traded the markets. He bought businesses for, here's the dope part about it. He didn't make billions until he got to his 50s. 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. He got richer as he got older. Hmm. I wonder why. He got richer as he got older. And here's how we can truly tell the people who did it strategic and stuck to the plan. And here's how you can tell the people who got lucky. Because the people who got lucky, when inverse times, they run out. You can't get lucky and become wealthy. You get presented with these type of opportunities that we in right now every 15, 20 years. You don't even get them all your life. Warren Buffett been a great investor for 60 years. He's 90 some years old. He's been a great investor. For, matter of fact, he started investing when he's 11. He's been a great investor for 80 years. I mean, I've been buying and holding companies for 30, 40, 50 years. Man, I've been buying real estate for 30, 40, 50 years. He does some trading, but he's been doing it for 30, 40, 50 years. You make a million dollars, you think you're sweet. You make six, I want, I'm six figures. I'm, uh, 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 I'm draped in there. I'm getting money. Y'all broke. Shut up. You ain't took care of nothing but yourself. Got to play this thing for the long term, man. Everybody who attack life with a long term approach win. It's the secret sauce. Robin Hood made people look at this game like it was gambling. Robin Hood. They made him. They made investing so sweet to where people went to gambling. Some people got lucky and made money. But you made that approach like you was gambling. And so now people treating the markets like it's a gamble, not even realizing that Robin Hood getting paid for the order flow. They getting paid for, so the more active you are, they getting paid. So they not getting paid for you being a long-term investor. They ain't making no money like that. They giving you incentives for being a trader. They making money, they making a lot of money because what happened? They bought a whole bunch of people who didn't know nothing about the markets, who got it something, and they, they incentivize you for losing money. 90% of the people on Robinhood lost money, lose money. They made some money when the market was going good, but guess what? You know why Robinhood stock is down so much right now? Because what happens is when people lose money, they stop playing the game. And when people stopped playing the game, that all the flow went down. And so they start missing earnings. They start missing revenue. They start, they couldn't buy, they couldn't do, they laying people off. That's why the stock $9. That's why the stock $9. Because you took a bunch of people and you gave them a quick high during the pandemic. 30 million people during the pandemic. 40 million new investors. 
13, 14, 15 million of them came through Robinhood. And guess what happened after the pandemic when the stock market stopped going up, when it stopped going down, and it stopped going sideways, and the people lost money? I'm gone. Man, I ain't playing that game no more. That game rigged. Samuel L. Jackson said, man, even a fun game is rigged to play. You know the rules. Somebody like me come up and tell you, look, 80% of your investment should be long-term investments. And that's me. 80% of my investment, long-term investment. 20% stocks, I do some options with. That's cool. But 80% of my money are long-term investing. And then I keep learning different trading techniques. I learn cover calls. I learn the wheel strategy. I learn, I ain't learn how to scalp. I learn leap, right? I learn how to do different things. Bear puts, bull puts. Bull, I learn how to do different things. But my 80% of my strategy is long-term wealth. Buy great companies, hold them for the long-term, buy more of it at discounted prices. That's how you win the game. Buy real estate, get cash flow from it. Why? Because consistent cash flows win. Learn how to pull the equity out of the real estate, go buy more real estate. Let that real estate pull, um, generate income, get equity, buy more, get, get that equity, buy another one, take the equity from all three, buy a hotel, let the hotel generate, get some money, buy another one, it can be a small hotel, then go get another one, we just keep, we playing, I'm playing 20 years, Monopoly said buy houses and hotels, Monopoly said buy houses and hotels, I just started off with a farm. That's the other part of my business. Get into the agriculture. I bought the water rights. I bought the mineral rights. I bought the land rights. I bought the house. When I told him 500, he said, damn, we had to buy the mineral rights. I said, yeah, man. We bought the mineral rights so if they come on this land and they strike for all, it's for us. I don't care what it is. You gotta make in-game adjustments, but you gotta play the game all full quarters. The inflation going crazy in America. Interest rates going up, inflate, all kind of stuff. We can't do nothing about none of that. Here's the question: What does the inflation rate on your personal life look like? What does the interest rates on your personal life look like? What's eating at your money before inflation? What's the bad spending habits you had before inflation? What is that? What were you going through before the news started talking about it? Because some of us been in recessions and been in high interest rate environments on our own without the world telling us that. What separates the good companies, the good investors, and the good families is how they overcome while everybody else falling apart. What separate the good companies, the good investors, the good families is how they survive when everybody else is panicking. When financial calamities, when financial calamities are going on in the world and things aren't clear and present, when recessions, when mass incarcerations, when the crack epidemic, when infrastructures are being pillaged, when hurricanes are destroying foundations, when murder rates are at all-time highs. Yes, all these different things are happening. All these different things that you will... Because listen, you never know what's going to happen while you're playing the game. 
when that financial onslaught is going on, who stand on the other side and say, I'm still here, I'm still winning? The reason why we call Warren Buffett the greatest investor of all time is because at 90 years old, he's still in there. He's been winning since he was 80. The reason why we call Warren Buffett the greatest investor of all time is because he, we know he's been making good investments since he was 11 or 12 or 20 and he's 90 some years old and he's still here following the same method. Has he made some bad investments? Yup. He done been through a few recessions. But guess what happened? At the end, he always standing up like, yup, I added a little bit, a few more millions to my money. I added a few more billions to my money. On the flip side of this, are you making the decisions that's going to still keep you winning? I keep telling you, man, what financial habits do you have? If you know it's a recession right now, if you know the world going through something and you live in check to check, you don't got no goddamn business going out. You don't got no goddamn business buying designer, nothing. You don't got no goddamn business taking no vacation right now. You don't got no goddamn business buying brand new shoes and stuff right now. If you know it's a recession and you know you live in check to check, it's time for you to save. It's time for you to stack. It's time for you to learn. Like you got to fix your priorities. How do you win? Make in-game adjustments. Because you know the people ain't playing fair. You know the game ain't fair. You know the people ain't playing fair. Why are you expecting it to be fair? You owe you. What do you owe you? What is the position you're going to put yourself in? You got the PPP money. Did you blow it? Or did you invest it? Did you learn a new skill? You got free money. What did you do with it? Did you give it Louis Vuitton? Did you make him, were you part of the reason why he became the richest man in the world? What did you do? What do you do when opportunities present themselves? Because I always say this to all my people. The opportunities that you take advantage of become the leverage for the next generation. The opportunities that you let pass by become adversity that they got to go through again. We are the financial revolutionaries. We're just in a new form right now. Never before have we had this many people that look like us, sound like us, talk like us, been through what we've been through that got information. It's okay to pay somebody for some information. Just make sure they're legit. Make sure they're strong. Make sure they're doing what they're telling you to do and make sure they're standing on their word. Making sure they operate with integrity. Ask some people about them. You know why people get scammed? Because they won't get rich quick. The dopamine go through your head. Just like why I call it dopamine. The minute somebody say, get rich quick, you can make this money this fast. The dopamine go through your head and what you do is you take away the ability to make logical, sound decisions. The minute you make the decision, the dopamine goes away and the first thing you tell yourself is this, man, I hope that wasn't a scam. Because you knew you were blinded by the decision to get rich quick. So people that scam going to always have a job. People tell me all the time, Travis, that you DMing me, asking me for money. When, why would I DM you and ask you for money? And let me say something right now. If you're on this channel, or if you're on the Wall Street Travel channel, I am not DMing you in the comments telling you, text me on Cash App. 
that is not me inside of the comments on this page or the Wall Street Traveler page telling you to hit me up on Cash App. I'm not asking you about Bitcoin. That ain't what I do. It ain't what I talk about. I'm not on Snapchat. I'm not on Clubhouse DM you. I'm not on Twitter DM you. I will never DM you and ask you for no money. I will never DM you and ask you and give you my phone number until you reach me on WhatsApp. I'm in America. I'm not telling you hit me up on WhatsApp. That ain't me. I'm not going to ask you for two, three hundred dollars, yo. I got a whole network I got going on. I'm not asking you to give me no money. The reason why scammers will always have a job is because they know how to talk to people. And they talk to people in their weakest point and they give them dreams. I can make money for you. I got a mentor that's going to trade for you. No, I don't. So don't get scammed, but also don't scam yourself. And what I mean by don't scam yourself is don't pass up on the opportunities that you know could change your life just because it requires you to make a sacrifice and do it a little hard. To take your life to the next level is going to require your work. It's going to require your blood, sweat, and tears. I'm going to teach you how to invest, but it's going to require you to do the reading. It's going to require you to do the... It's going to require something from you. Anything that doesn't require something from you probably is too good to be true. The way that I will become prosperous is because I will help others become prosperous. So when I leave you, I'm going to tell you this, man. Be open to receive... Attract the abundance that you want and know that your opportunities and your possibilities are expanding. It's your boy, the Wall Street Trapper. See y'all next week, man. Salute. I'm out.